0: What is going on, everybody? Good evening. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of XPR Party Podcast, episode 62. um Joining me tonight and Sergeant Sentinel are the very awesome dudes of Living Split Screen, Steel Rain and Pong Soul. Gentlemen, it's so good to have you here. um How is your day going? How's it going? What have you been playing? All that fun stuff. Let us know.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Steel, you take it. Oh, you want me
2: to start it off? Go go, go ahead,
1: brother. Man, Come okay. on. It's like Saturday morning.
2: Let's go. No, it is. It is. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is I, I am him, the one and only Steel Rain. I want to thank these illustrious gentlemen uh, for even asking us to be here today. It's always a great time when we can chop it up. Um, but I am one half of Living Split Screen, non-console-centric platform that covers everything going on within the gaming industry. Uh, we are the home of that RTS view. Uh, that real-time strategy where we pull ourselves out of the world, look at the darker crevices of the map, um, pull those resources together so we can not only build up our own foundation but also reach those 3 billion gamers that Phil Spencer always talks about. Um, And what have I been into lately as far as gaming goes, man? it has been a couple things, at least here recently. Um, Coming off of that high that was uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor for me um, was Diablo 4 and i've um, been in Diablo 4 very heavily the betas had me had me invested and i as i didn't want to jump in there i was coerced uh by some fellows they, they get it to get in there and just have a good time but um the game itself has ended up being everything that i wanted not quite the game of the year um i would say but definitely in that conversation for me uh so mm. there's a lot of that in there in tier four getting it in pushing nightmare dungeon what 40 tier 40 at this point so feeling good getting things together. Um, and playing some Neo Two in the background. Um, I am a Souls fan. I, I'm, I am one of those that likes to beat their heads up against enemies and learn the patterns and customize their character and just really feel good about that progression. And um, I also wanted to find out why people consider Wo Wolong a Neo Two ripoff or a wannabe Neo Three. And uh, I can I can understand completely why they they touch on the same elements pretty much. It's made essentially by you want to consider it the same team, um, but not really. And it uh, has a lot of similarities, but it's been a good time. That's been kind of what I've been into here recently and uh, ready to chop it up here with you guys today, man.
0: Nice. Pong, what about you, dude? What you been playing?
1: Listen, listen, listen. First of all, honored, humbled for the invite to be here. Um, you know, it is fantastic uh, to be be able to come on new shows. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts as I jump in this community, but anytime I get a chance to do a new show, like I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. Um, it's always great to talk to new people in this community, get to hear their thoughts more so than just on Twitter all the time. And they actually really talk to you guys. So, uh, you know, thank you both. Appreciate that. Um, and and amazing that you also got my brother from another steel rain on here as well i had no idea we were playing diablo last night and all of a sudden he's like oh yeah yeah or maybe it was two nights ago he was like yeah we're, we're i think we're both gonna be on the sergeant sentinel and the writer show and we're gonna do that i'm like wait what And he's like i'm like you got an invite too he's like yeah man i'm like oh here we go all right so uh <laughs> always have a good time with my brother uh we have been pa- playing a ton of diablo i've already got over 100 hours in um normally i would come in here and tell you a list of about 10 different games i'm playing because i'm a grazer Uh, but there are certain games that come along where they just totally grab me and i really don't play anything else for a while and diablo has been that again as an old school diablo fan Um, this really, really hit the mark. Uh, Blizzard knocked it out of the park. They listened to the community. I know you're never going to make everybody happy when it comes to this big of a game, but for me, this is right now my game of the year. Of course, that's going to change once starfield comes out but for right now this is my game of the year having an absolute blast with it um playing with the rogue class it's had its ups and downs like every diablo in some ways uh steel and Mm. i were discussing it and there are some things that they've done with this one in particular obviously trying to open up to a wider audience that you know kind of made us go hmm was that the right decision or not but i got over the lull fought through it and wound up getting some new gear that really changed my perspective on the class. And so having an absolute blast and, uh, that's been pretty much it, uh, for me at this point. Uh, so yeah, no, thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite and let's get down to business. we got a lot to talk about. How about that Ooh. ABK acquisition? Let's go. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. In a sec. uh, what have you been up to? Hello? Uh, not much.
3: You know, I, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here.
0: I'm good. I, j- I just <laughs> mute my mic. So
3: you know, when our guests are talking, so, you know, not no, no, no,
0: interfering with anything. I, so I always I, think you've just gone off and done something else. <laughs> no,
3: you know what? I actually finished Wreckfest. I, I pre ordered it um so long ago and I just never finished it. And I played through it. And Wreckfest is it's such a fun racing game, being able to run people off the road. And that's actually part of the gameplay. So I wanted to finish it. I finally finished the final championship. Outside of that, I haven't really been playing too much. I do play like different games on Game Pass, but. Um, I'm just waiting for that drop. I think it's what on the 27th of all those new games that are showing up.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it so, that's pretty much it on my end. Awesome. So for me, yeah, I've been playing Diablo 4 all week. Um, Ooh, but I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, I'm level because I, I'm, I love Diablo. Don't go wrong. I loved. I've loved it since you know the second one. I started playing uh-huh. Diablo 2. Diablo mm-hmm. 3 was amazing. Uh, I'm really enjoying Diablo 4. I like the the open world aspect. You know, we're running in with other players and stuff mm-hmm. and world bosses and all that fun stuff but i just i'm i'm level 57 mm-hmm. um i'm killing shit that's like 10 levels 15 levels higher than me i'm playing mm-hmm. um a bone spear necro and i'm just mincing dungeons but it's taking me fucking forever to level up <laughs> and i'm getting to the point now where i'm like i'm just never gonna make it to level 100 this has already become like really tedious i'm only level 57 and it's just taken so much time now and i just can't be asked to start another character just yet especially with like the season pass um fiasco where you've got to level up a whole new character to enjoy that mm-hmm. stuff so yeah i'm a bit um a bit on the plans about what to play next although i did read the uh need for speed unbound has just come on the game yep. Pass today so i'll probably plan that uh at some point tonight good game um but yeah that's about it for me just uh just the usual one game at a time at the moment which is a bit weird because normally i'm the same i'm the same as you pong i like to graze over lots yes. of different games and yes I find it weird when I just end up focusing on one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not right. It, it, it does feel extremely <laughs> strange. It really yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Especially multiplayer. the other yeah. way.
1: Yeah, especially multiplayer too. So I'm used to being like a single player dude. I've been a single player, player for a long time. But, you know, once I jumped in the community and met Steel and the whole Fun Speculation family and everybody else, I, yeah. I played a lot more multiplayer than I ever have before. So for me to be only playing a multiplayer game pretty much i mean you can play diablo single player but look we're always jumping into parties at at, at night um it is a, it is a very odd experience for me to be doing that so uh, yeah yeah interesting nah, for, times <laughs> yeah for
0: sure um so yeah let's uh let's get into the biggest juicy topic from today the uh, elephant the FTC, in the room you have see the oh abk deal Oosh, what a <laughs> day it's been What's your uh, What's your thoughts and opinions on what's What's gone down today? I think it's been pretty damning for PlayStation, and uh, yeah, you know, and Jim Ryan. But yeah, let's get your guys' uh, thoughts and opinions on it.
2: Go ahead and leave them victory, Pong. Let me, what you, all what you right, got well, let's me. see. We're let's
0: see. smoke that. Well,
1: where do we want to begin? I, again, to me, this has been fascinating from start to finish. I know a lot of people are sick and tired of this deal, and I completely understand why.
2: Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm.
1: I like this to be all over with and, and Microsoft back to the business side of gaming as normal? Of course I would, but because this is the biggest deal in gaming history, Microsoft's biggest deal in their entire history, think about that, a $2 trillion company that This is the biggest deal. This is the peak behind the curtain that I've always wanted on the industry. This industry is way too top secret. So today, Mm. um, you know, we're finally starting getting close to the end here, cross our fingers, right? I I think that this is the lead up to the end one way or the other. The FTC I've said from the beginning has zero case. And that's that's readily apparent from what I've seen. Now I I didn't I didn't listen to it live, but obviously been following Foss patents and other accounts that are that are uh, tweeting out about this because I was working this morning. But everything that I'm hearing is exactly kind of how I thought it was going to go down. Microsoft wanted if the FTC was going to go this route, this is exactly what they wanted them to do to get it to the federal courts. So there's a reason for that because the mm-hmm. laws are on their side, right? It's different in other countries and how they do things. We know that with the CMA and all that kind of stuff, but here it's pretty well established concrete law about how mergers and acquisitions go down and what you have to prove to stop them. And the judges in the federal courts don't make up new rules on the fly. That's the legislative yeah. part of things, right? So they don't change it. And even if there is something to be said, or you know, even if the judge agrees, like, well, maybe this could be a problem down the road. If it doesn't fall within the guidelines, they're not going to side with the FTC. And what we saw today is why these Microsoft attorneys are million dollar attorneys. They mm. got everybody, the witnesses that are being presented today. And, and so far, I think it's been Booty, Pete Hines, uh, Sarah Bond, I think, was going on when I was getting ready to come on here. Um, they've got them prepared. The FTC is trying to make their case. They've tried to bring the same talking points as Sony did. So, you know, many many times with re- regulatory bodies. But then, of course, you know, Microsoft just whips out the Sony internal e- emails where Jim Ryan is. Being hypocritical where he is telling everybody internally this is no big deal you know yeah sure i'd rather it not go through but this isn't going to hurt us at the end of the day Mm. uh which is extremely different from what he was telling everybody else and what the ftc is running with so the microsoft attorneys have been uh spot on ready at every moment the witnesses that have gone up the ftc has tried to paint a certain narrative in picture as that's their job to do but mm. Microsoft attorneys have been ready and have coached their witnesses to counter punch those uh, I will point out that uh, Matt booty uh, this morning again the quiet uh, definitely underspoken man that Matt booty is I can't imagine what he's feeling like getting up on that witness stand <laughs> they had him they had him ready and they countered with questions that allowed him to clarify statements that he made in response to the FTC to let the judge know, hey, you're not getting the full context. I'm answering these questions, but this is one sided from the FTC. Here's the full story. And they did it perfectly from everything that I read this morning. So again, right now it looks like this is going according to plan with Microsoft Mm -hmm. and Xbox. And I think that, uh, you know, again, this judge is the same judge for people who don't know that uh, heard the gamers lawsuit case as well. So she's already heard a lot of this narrative. She's already heard a lot of the talking points and she's heard a lot of the counter talking points she's very well versed in this now so they're not going to slide anything by her she's asking Mm -hmm. very poignant questions um to the witnesses as well as she should as you know it is not a jury trial this is decided by the judge um but i think at the end of the day right now there's been no smoking gun there has been nothing you know oh my god i can't believe it oh microsoft is just screwed here oh god i can't believe that there's been nothing like that they tried the old emails Mm -hmm. all that was explained the biggest news for us gamers today we now know indiana jones is an exclusive because that yeah. came out during a trial uh, incredible that we got a new game or release confirmed exclusive today but uh that's what happens <laughs> in these trials uh but i love everything we're learning again if you've been following along you've probably absolutely absorbed a ton of information things that you never knew went on behind the scenes and that's what i love about this we get to see how these companies actually work um i've talked enough sorry i love this case i think it's oh, that's fun good. i've been covering it for a long time today's exciting day and we are getting close to the end one way or the other but i think I think Microsoft and Xbox are going to win this one so we'll see
0: yeah I'll tell you what the um the, the biggest thing for me today was that the emails that Jim Ryan has put out yes was, he, yes because you got in the last like 18 how long has it been like 18 months that this has been going on something yeah. like that yes like he's right. he has cried for every which way but loose about how losing Call of Duty will hurt PlayStation irrevocably and, and how like they can't survive without Call of Duty and that's what he's been feeding to the public so it's it, the fact that he's come out today and it's been revealed that he's basically talking shit. I think he's lost all credibility. And I don't understand how anyone at the CMA or the FTC can sit, can sit there and take his argument seriously after he's saying one minute that it's going to be devastating to PlayStation. And then the next minute, it's going to be, you know, there's nothing to worry about. I don't understand how he can have any credibility at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100% because, again, this is something that we all pointed out on our podcast. Of course, we as podcasters who don't work for any of these companies or have any internal knowledge, we're just taking that big view, that RTS view, as Steel likes to say, or satellite view, and just kind of using our educated guesses on what was going on internally. And we all kind of said, a lot of us said from the beginning, that Jim was bullshitting, right? This whole entire time. Yeah. There was no way Sony was going to collapse because they lost Call of Duty. Would it hurt? Of course it would hurt. But they are way too big to sit there and try to claim, oh, one game is going to crush us and we, that, we're that we just not going to be able to survive without it. Bullshit, Jim. You, you knew this. But the CMA <laughs> and the FTC are willing to run with Sony's narrative because this is an agenda-based decision for both of those countries. Both of these countries have reasons internally to do something like this, to stop Microsoft to look tough against big tech. This has got nothing to at the end of the day, really do with the gaming industry. The government mm-hmm. could give two shits about the gaming industry up to this point, uh, ever since the ratings that, that, that was the biggest deal ever was the ratings when Mortal Kombat yeah. and stuff came out. That was the last big time. The governments took notice of the gaming industry. The only reason yeah. why they're taking notice of this now is because now big tech bad. We can't let Microsoft. They don't, look at it as xbox they look at it as microsoft which yeah. fair enough they are the parent company
0: the money we're going to
1: yeah. yeah we're going to stop microsoft making a 70 billion dollar deal because that's just too big and we can't allow right. these companies to get away with it so well and you're right
0: just, they... to, um, just to just to do Thimber does a super chat with 2023 the year of xbox Ooh. also hello xpn and guests cheers Thimber. <laughs> I appreciate you being here hey always, Thimber. Buddy. thanks man thanks for uh dropping thank you and... so much Thimber.
3: no what i was going to add to that is um pong if you remember ever since um Bill Gates first started Microsoft. The government's been fighting them every single chance they got. Yeah,
2: wish yeah. they had a they had a point to. <laughs> at, at, yeah. at some points, they had it right too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. But it but, feels like it feels like that's an. This is an extension of that. You know, it, in some ways, yeah, for sure. it
1: gave them a reason. Microsoft has flown under the radar. They've done a good job of cleaning mm-hmm. up their image, especially yeah. under Satya. Satya has changed a lot of the narrative yeah, around yeah. Microsoft. He's done a fantastic absolutely. job, but. Again, when you say company, $2 trillion, government looks at it and goes, oh, you guys are back in the limelight again. (laughs) They start rubbing their hands together like, yeah, "Yeah, dinner is served. Let's go get them. (laughs) But but their plate is empty, right? Their plate is empty at the end of the day when it comes to the FTC, uh, when you look at the laws and regulations. So I think that's where it's going to remain. I don't think they get anything out of this.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing that we've taken out of this is something that I've spoken to since the very beginning. Um, something that me and Pong have gone back and forth about uh, since the very beginning, too, because we both honestly felt like there was no reason for any uh, for, for anything to necessarily block this deal outside of um, it just being a reason to make an example out of something, right? And who better than Microsoft, somebody that can be can afford to make an example, right? Because at yeah. this point, no matter what the concession is, it's a W. Right. Um, although, and that's one of my biggest problems is that there shouldn't necessarily need to be concessions just because the, the competitor that has been lacking in the space for a long time, regardless if you want to use the Xbox 360 generation as an example of a win for Microsoft, um, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Microsoft has been a little brother to the gaming industry. Sure, they've made some games um, for PC and whatnot, but their real stride was doing the, doing things with Xbox. And we've also found out, and you know, if you guys haven't checked it out, please check out Xbox on. Um, but through the documentary, you kind of get to see and experience what Xbox has kind of had to go through because they were treated very differently. Uh, to Microsoft, um, the corporation that was trying to put business in front of people and make office accessible to everybody, right? Um, in mm-hmm. 2017, Xbox wasn't considered a pillar. And for Microsoft to finally put the you know, put that dollar amount behind something that they believe in, in a space that they have been not only third place and maybe even further down, uh, depending on the conversation, what circles you run in, um, and for it to get all the pushback Anything outside of oh well, they're just spending an exorbitant amount of money. The more the most that this company has ever spent, why are they doing this? Any Hmm. conversation out of that, like Call of Duty's exclusivity, which again, we've also stated, um. I, I mean, me and Paul have, both have evidence of we said it from the very beginning that Jim Ryan didn't feel that that Call of Duty was a big deal. That he was just saying things to say things. Um, and that's kind of been Sony's approach this entire time. They don't. Sony doesn't care about the, the competition. They've been trying to kill Microsoft since they since they came into the existence with Xbox. <laughs> right. They said that it, there's an interview in the Xbox on a documentary that says the same thing. They were trying to beat Microsoft to the living room. And unfortunately, Microsoft, through Halo, through multiplayer gaming, through giving people more accessibility points, have driven the, um, different points home and have made this competition kind of go back and forth where Sony has continued to use their, let's say, their back-ended deals, um, conversations behind the scenes, their market power Uh there are hardware awareness, right? Because they've been doing it since the very beginning. I go with this mm-hmm. through Palm, with uh, through with Palm all the time. I wasn't old enough necessarily to have a Walkman per se, but there are so many people that I've heard stories from and grew up with with stereo systems and all these different things. It's crazy to, for people to think that Sony doesn't have the brown, brand power that they have and wouldn't complain about microsoft throwing their money around because that's the only thing that you can complain about right um my biggest issue with sony is their lack of competitive nature regardless of how you want to address their games or say how great they are and cinematic and all the money they spend and that's cool and all but they're they are lacking on one end and they blatantly have recognized that and stated that um Throughout this entire process with the FTC by saying that, hey, well, we need Call of Duty or making it at least seem that way, um, mm-hmm. making statements like, oh, well, you know, it helps fund our first party and trying to make themselves seem really hurt. And again, if Sony's in those dire straits, it's no fault but their own, because a lot yeah. of these things that they're complaining about, the cloud market, um, you know, all that infrastructure and whatnot. Uh, that they're trying to use against Microsoft in a lot of these conversations, or even removing Nintendo out of the conversation to even try to um, add more, uh, what I would say, so- solidarity to the conversation, um, mm. has put, in my eyes, has put someone in a very weak place for me, man. Um, yeah, for sure. They're not as strong as they used to be. The, the consistent statements that Jim Ryan, again, I mean, for you to now um, be in another position where you're stating, a, hey, we were just doing this to do it because i mean whether they get activision or not it's no big deal to us it's just, it's just like you you're continuously like how people love to say that microsoft loves to stay, step on that rake the mm. only reason why the rake is never seen to be stepped on by sony is because of that brand power mm, um, yeah, and sure. again i think this is a good example of that again putting itself in the forefront in that foray it's embarrassing to me as if i was a sony fan or anything like that's that nature um <laughs> so I don't know.
3: You know we all talk about uh, competition and how it makes companies better. I honestly think that after Xbox, the Xbox One generation, PlayStation never expected them to still be around today. They kind of expected them to just fade away and that's what it feels like because PlayStation, if they would have kept up the same tempo they had during the PlayStation 4 generation I don't think they would be as concerned with this merger as they are because they started taking it easy and they said oh don't worry about Xbox, they won't be around next generation. Well now they're around this Mm -hmm generation they're buying activision blizzard and -hmm. now they're concerned because they're like crap maybe we shouldn't have started coasting maybe we should have kept up that tempo and (laughs) kept you know putting out quality exclusives that's what it feels like
1: time and time again it happens in this industry right time and time again we've seen this that's why we saw back back and forth between the two um for a while and even you go back to nintendo and sega the same thing back Mm -hmm. and forth because one company gets comfortable but like any big bad boss right in any video game right now sony showed their weak spot right they've got a weak spot and that weak spot is that they started relying on third parties to fill out their catalog instead of um, making their own games in different genres they relied on third parties Mm -hmm. and now that's coming back to bite them when microsoft is walking around with 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 a big bank account buying up third parties and now they know that that hey oh wait oh we weren't ready for this we didn't think microsoft the corporation was going to show up we we Mm, we didn't think daddy was going to show up uh we weren't ready for this well that's your fault like Steele said that's poor planning that's poor business decision making again i i don't i don't necessarily not understand why they did it it's very easy to get complacent when you're yeah when you're sitting on your throne and there's barely Mm -hmm. anybody that can touch you and you got gold piled up all around Mm -hmm. you very easy to say you got it made You, you can go ahead and relax a little bit yeah, all of a sudden, again, Big Daddy shows up and he's got more gold than you. That changes the game, right? That changes the battle, and uh, that's where they're at right now. They're on defense right now.
0: I'll tell you, what, I feel like um, the biggest weakness that PlayStation have shown in the last, um, you know, eighteen months is Jim Ryan. I think he's been weak yeah. from start to finish. Yes, he's, he's basically made PlayStation look like this um, this giant that can be toppled by losing a third party uh, mm-hmm. game, and it hasn't yeah. it hasn't looked Looking great across. for PlayStation for a long time. And the longer this whole deal was going to like come across, like, gone on, mm-hmm. and um, the more that's been revealed, um, you know, as to what's going on behind the scenes, the more it makes PlayStation look. It's just embarrassing. I mean, this is a company that spent all of last gen putting out top first-party exclusives. Now they've got Jim Ryan, and now they're focusing on games as a service and shit from third-party mm-hmm. developers. And it's just like... It's like their, their focus has completely shifted. I mean, we've said this before on the show previously. It's like they their focus has shifted and they've become really complacent. Mm-hmm. And there was a long period of time when Xbox was uh, very quiet, especially towards the end of you know the Xbox One life where they put out Project Scorpio and then there was like pretty much nothing really going on at Xbox. But then they announced Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And it's been like ever since then, they're just hitting on all cylinders. It's like, right, we're going to gonna build up game pass now we're gonna buy up studios to put games on game pass it just seems like they're on a roll now and playstation are like oh shit, we didn't see this coming and we've got nothing to rival it so now they're acting like you know losing Call of duty is the end of the world for them it's just it's Great. crazy to me it's crazy yeah. to me. i just think jim ryan is the biggest weakness of playstation at the moment.
3: you know what sucks about this whole situation is PlayStation has first-party games that could cover down, and you have some of them on the shelf. SOCOM, it's still remembered by a lot of people who have grown up loving gaming. Mm-hmm. And SOCOM is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. It's it's an entire franchise built around special operators, much like Call of Duty. And it feels like if PlayStation spent as much time investing in that as they are flying to Brussels and Belgium and wherever the hell else they've been flying for this court case, they wouldn't have an issue. They'd be like, you got Call of Duty? Fine, we got SOCOM. They wouldn't even care.
1: They would, they yeah. Even if they could, even if they couldn't compete one for one with Call of Duty, which chances are they wouldn't be able to, right? Call of Duty's on yeah. its own. But at the yeah. same time, just to have something to fall back onto that is yeah. first party, yes, they have the ability to do that. They have IP galore being that have been mothballed in the closet for so long that had they continued to develop those games, who knows where they would be at this point, right? Who knows what kind of franchises those could have turned. In. Mortar Storm could have been Forza Horizon's
2: competitor. Uh, I know, God's I says. know where they would have been. Where. They would have been in the garbage because they wouldn't have been able to support them. Because I mean, <laughs> That's, I, mean I mean, if you also if you also look at what they've yeah. gone through since they've stepped into yep. the internet um yep. and gaming more so multiplayer gaming and so, they've been hacked multiple times over and the consumer base still still believes in them. Like what you have more of an infrastructure that blatantly state that blatantly shows you that you have an infrastructure problem that you need to work on. And you're just now turning a corner to where you could work on live services. You're going to bring Bungie in somebody else, I think, does understand live services more than most. But at the same point, like they haven't made the best choices either. We're removing content, taking content away, making you pay a hundred dollars for almost every year, if not almost every other year for um, their same game that they remove content away from. So it's like, one solution doesn't beget the other solution, and you've blatantly told your consumer base that, that you won't believe in this and have shown that I shouldn't have faith in your ecosystem because not only have you gotten hacked once, twice, but three times and have lost millions of users' information. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's something there's another problem you can't focus on a socom or have a try to focus on multiplayer gaming at all when you have an infrastructure problem that blatantly xbox hasn't had to deal with as often i'm not saying that xbox hasn't had its issue xbox live goes down like they're not perfect but Xbox has also blatantly stated that hey, maybe it's maybe it's for a night, maybe it's for a day. It's, they're also very vocal with you, not as much as they used to be, um, which was the other advantage that they had. You could call customer service up and it was easy, right, to have those conversations with those people. Now it's much different, unfortunately. But uh, on both sides, you never got that from from the from the opposition as far as Sony goes. No. Um, and then that's another shortcoming that they're following that they're I think that they're exposing themselves to once again. Um, as far as everything they're going through in court right now with the FTC and um, the, the the pieces that they're bringing for a conversation, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I
0: agree. It's crazy. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of it unfolds. I think it's gonna be. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, it's yeah. gonna get nice and spicy. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope this so. is like the This is the first day in it. Like, was it like five days? Okay, well yeah. let
3: me ask you guys, let me ask you guys something. Um mm-hmm. because this is a big black eye for Sony. Do you think the leadership at Sony over Jim Ryan, do you think they're going to be looking at him in a negative light after this whole debacle is over with?
1: No, no, not not in He's my them eye. He's making more
3: money than they've ever yeah, seen. Yeah,
1: yeah. At the end of the day that's what talks, like it, like I've said many times. I like I don't have to like what Jim Ryan did but yeah. as the head of a billion dollar you know division is that something you would do to protect you know any portion of your bottom line again would, will they survive yes of course they'll survive would it yeah. still hurt to lose call of duty of course it would and if yeah. you've got sony's upper management looking over at you and again it's it is two different cultures when we talk right. about this because playstation is in the united states now and corporate is over in japan still so it is yeah. different and jim understands this i mean again jim was ahead of the european division and took the european division to new heights right so he gets that dynamic but when you've got them looking over at you going jim what do going to do about this like this is going to knock you know whatever it is a quarter of a billion dollars off of our bottom line if we if we don't have call of duty what are you going to do about this this is your job would i as jim ryan maybe start applying the same type of tactics sure if I had people willing to listen to me if I had governments that were <laughs> willing to use me yeah. a, a, as a, a basis to try to slow down or completely stop this deal yeah I'm gonna try to take that advantage even if in the public eye even if in the you know the public sphere I look weak or I make PlayStation look weak at the end of the day I don't care I need my money right my money's got to yeah. be right and and I got to make the bosses happy. So yeah, I'm going to go over here and do this. So I don't think so. I think Jim did what was necessary in his eyes and in the eyes of Sony to try to at least put stumbling blocks in the way of Microsoft. If anything, they bought themselves more time to get their games as a service games ready to, to start thinking about new moves. You saw Sony is allocating more money to acquisitions to beefing up their studio. So it allowed them even in this industry even granting yourself an extra six months to a year, that wouldn't have been there if you didn't put up the fight. And again, whether or not this still would have happened without Jim, we don't know. But let's yeah. say that you just say, okay, I gave, I bought us another six months to a year. Microsoft and Xbox are wrapped up in this acquisition. They can't do anything else right now. This buys us time to start you know, beefing up, to start getting these games as a service to a point where we can start showing them like they did at their showcase, which nobody's mm-hmm. happy about, but that's their plan going forward, right? They've told us. So it did buy them more time in the long run. And I think that th- at the end of the day, Jim would say it's worth it, that people are going to forget this whole thing once it's done and over with. People aren't going to stop buying PlayStations because Jim was complaining to the CMA or complaining to the FTC. Nobody cares outside of us, right? Nobody well, cares outside the people watching this. So,
3: Well, here's my question, though. Today yeah. it was brought up, I guess, in, in their court yeah. proceedings, that yeah. they, if Activision is acquired by Microsoft, they, they do not want to provide them with a PS6. Yeah. God, it's freaking hot yeah. air, more
1: hot air, more hot air, mm-hmm. Sergeant. There's no way because, again, I mean, that, that's
3: it, <laughs> it's messed up though that they would even say that,
1: like, right? You know? It's messed up, they would even say it, but that's why it's I'll just tell more, why, it's I'll tell more you vicious. why they said it go right. Ahead, right,
0: because go ahead. then yeah. if they put out a call of duty that isn't optimized, yeah. they, yes, can they turn around and say, oh, it's somewhere. Microsoft's fault, but that's, that's, yeah, why that's, doing true. It. that's true, that's true, that's yeah, it's it,
1: but that's never going to work at the end of the day because they freely admitted what their plans were, but again. Microsoft already explained they have a whole separate team that deals with Sony for the games that go over there and vice versa and I'm, and again what's I mean does Xbox withhold their Xbox series consoles from you know from Sony when they make MLB the show no of course not again that's not going to happen um, they might not I, they might not give it to them as early as they would they might not give them dev kits as early as they would but it's still not going to stop them from the end of the day they're not going to give up call of duty voluntarily i, I just right. that i don't see
0: mm, absolutely i think it's um it's quite telling as well the fact that jim ryan's not even showing up to the court case i think that's, exactly um, exactly like, <laughs> hasn't even bothered to turn up like fuck it just yep stay here in europe <laughs> right Right. Whereas Xbox has literally sent every like big player. I, I think his exactly private jets days. in the shop. That's what it is. It's just not, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he was flying all over when it came yep. time to like yeah. cry about how COD's going to be uh, pulled as an exclusive. It's. But, like,
2: uh, yeah. I think it's all semantics at the end of the day. Again, like there's there's another thing that some of these documentary gaming documentaries that I've been uh, you know peeping into within the last couple of years have shown me too is that there's they're shaking hands and talking to each other behind the scenes too because at the end of the day um in the gaming industry you got to turn a profit and you got to talk to your competitors and see how you can innovate and push things forward and you know there's it's not crazy to think there's a reason why they both went um with the uh the time 86 architecture and everything for this generation and wanting to make things easier for developers and of course they're doing it their own ways but Mm. it's just just a lot of semantics that are happening behind the scenes and it's just i I don't know i want to see the the what's gonna i want to see what's right come out of this situation versus what people are imagining should be right you know what i mean Mm.
3: You know what? What he said about how none of their studios could compete with Call of Duty. I, mm-hmm. I feel for, I feel for the developers of PlayStation because imagine making a game for two or three or four years and you think it's great, and then the boss, your ultimate boss, is like, "Hey, none of that is as good as Call of Duty. That's basically churned out every three years." You know that's yeah. got to be a blow to their but, to their morale. but but you know internally
1: they're having meetings and and Jim's like oh d- don't worry about this Activision Blues deal it's no big deal we got plenty of games coming you guys are great you know that's what I'm yeah. saying like the yeah. The, yeah. the external stuff internally they're saying which again we have we've seen they're literally saying the exact opposite through their emails so you know the internal meetings are like yeah whatever you hear out here from me whatever you hear that I said yeah don't worry about that because that's got nothing to do with anything we're just trying to block this deal or get slowed down so Mm. i I think i think the devs i understand your point sergeant i know other people have brought that up as well but i think that naughty dog and insomniac and all those guys uh and gals (laughs) are definitely yeah they i think they've i think they know what's going on i think they're pretty smart i think they get it
0: yeah yeah for sure and uh you know we, we might as well um get into another topic here because it is like yeah, xbox related and shit, but what, what do you mean a... we could
1: just keep going we could just spend two <laughs> hours and k. <80K>. let's go <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what we do Four hour <laughs>
3: podcast today let's do it oh
0: man <laughs> hey you guys are the
1: one that invited us on just remember hey. right
0: right <laughs> yeah <laughs> they um they have just announced they like a hardware price increase and in game pass yeah. uh price increase you know what? Yeah. I think we all knew it was coming um I think there's a lot of uh unnecessary backlash on Twitter about you know the game pass price mm. increase because. Even with an extra two bucks towards Ultimate, it's still the best deal in gaming. Yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, Yeah, I just I think there's a lot of uh, unnecessary outcrying about it. I mean, hardware was going to go up anyway. We all knew that. Like they can only hold it back for so long. But
2: Uh, man, (laughs) it's 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 such a difficult conversation, man. Well, I won't say it's difficult, right? Because Mm -hmm. I've I when I speak, I try. I always try to speak very strongly. So for me, um, on that just the entire price price crease increased situation mm. it didn't need to happen we're three years into a generation still haven't seen the full capability of what these uh what the hardware is capable of There were already console hardware is already being always sold at a loss they've sold more hardware than they've ever have they're making more money than they've ever made before um mm. there's too many avenues of revenue and we can just cry out and say oh well inflation all we want and there's also been a lot more pull back of product that we actually get um, in yeah. hand now, especially as the gamer, again, this is a hobby We're a consumer, if you're, if you want to compare it to what I was getting to what I'm getting now. Um, and of course I understand the advantages and all the upgrades. So I'll, I'll take the digital age versus, uh, me having stuff hard copy, but mm-hmm. there's just, I personally don't get outside if I'm just being a greedy business, um, and wanting to make the most profit as possible. And I have to make some people in my boardroom happy, um, mm-hmm. For you to raise prices at all um currently especially if the hardware is getting older um yeah. if you're not selling something to your consumers your top of the top of the line software um which none of the software that we've gotten currently is that matter of fact we've still gotten we've actually gotten more complete day one games from third party than we've actually gotten from first party themselves that's yeah. embarrassing don't raise prices on me if um as the consumer at least um If you can't even meet what your original vision is, your original vision was also part of the reason that you sold this hardware because we could finally meet a frame rate demand, which obviously is coming to come out um, either in some ways true and some ways not like people are already throwing in the white flag saying, Oh man, Starfield is the pinnacle of what Xbox is going to be able to do. And it's like, (laughs) guys, but if we get a 60 FPS patch six months later, then what does that tell you? That it just wasn't ready at that time which is fine but you can't be have like one foot in one foot out giving people information but also withholding information that could be beneficial to your consumer so we can have more of a um, diverse conversation right um the game pass raise that's one that i don't necessarily I can understand in some ways because at the end of the day, family plans right around the corner. Right. Um, And you would be crazy to think if that's if they're not trying to pigeonhole people um, into the family plan. Right. We'll just get with five of the people, you know, however you all want to work that out um, or, you know, however they end up making that work for people um, can be at a supreme advantage. But again, I have to agree. You're getting already getting so much value with that already mm. um especially if you're using it consistently i know most there's a good a good amount of people that say well i don't use game pass and i've played every game that's ever come out in game pass and there's nothing mm. for me there so i unsubscribe i like i hear you i don't have that type of time i'm a dad I, <laughs> I got a lot of different things going on so there's always something coming in there and by the time i'm done with that something new comes in that i might want to try and i end up putting time into because like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, I am also one of those people that like, I like to spend my time with the games that I do play. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways, but on the consumer front, again, this is just, this is Microsoft, just being Microsoft, trying to be, you know, underhanded a little bit here. Um, and then trying to tell you, oh, well, it's because of, you got to be
3: understanding, you know.
2: Um, that, but that's just my opinion.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not too bad, though, because right now there are 450 titles available for console. I know I mm-hmm. counted them the other day. Absolutely. And I mean, that, that ranges from smaller indie titles that are brand new. You got Forza Motorsport right around the corner. Both Riders and myself are looking forward to it. You got Starfield. Mm-hmm. That is right. so amazing that people are wanting to sell their PlayStations to buy an Xbox for it. Right. So you got all these games coming. And yeah, the price increase sucks. But right. it's kind of something we already expected, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I've been consistent with this. Uh, I understand the reasons behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I look at everything from the educated perspective, as Steele always likes to say. And so I get it, right? Uh, I like the business side of things, and so I do watch that stuff. But for me, I've been consistent. And I will say this again and again. It doesn't matter who does it. Um, I've called every single one of these companies out for it. If you're going to come out and brag about making more money than you ever have before, uh, consistently uh, even when people try to say that you're down and you still come out No, we're doing great we're just making all this money blah 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 yeah. I, I will say as far as the consumer side of things goes uh, this do- is unnecessary um, this is something that I don't care if it's expected you can justify it all you want you can say I'm okay mm. with it I'm not gonna try to change your mind like I'm not here to change anybody's <clears throat> mind on anything I'm just here to simply state my opinion. I think it sucks. I think it, it is one of the bad uh, parts of uh the society we live in, capitalism, which I, I love, capitalism—it's created more, uh, it, you know, it's created more wealth than any other system in the world ever in history. But at the same time, this is the one thing that I don't like: is when a company yeah. is making massive, massive profits, that they still find excuses and reasons to pass costs down to the consumer as small as two dollars. Like everybody goes, "Oh, it's just two dollars." Well, mm-hmm. then I can flip that right around and say, why does Microsoft care about $2 per person? Why, why do they care yeah. about that? What is that going to change for them, right? So, again, it works both ways. So just... From the standpoint of a consumer, I will always speak out. I made a post about it. I think it's BS. I will always say it's BS, especially during these times. Um, this is not a time of um, extreme prosperity. Uh, let's put it that way across the globe. Uh, yeah. this We just came out of the pandemic. Uh, there's been so much happening um, that has cost people so much that, again, a company like Microsoft, I think they can eat it for a little bit longer is what I will say. Now, do yeah. they have to? No. Am I going to stop using Game Pass? No. No, of course not. It's still the best deal in gaming. Everybody's right about that, of course it is. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is just from a peer customer standpoint, I will never agree with them raising prices, especially on the consoles. The consoles is egregious, okay? Normally at this point, we are dropping the price in the Mm -hmm. console generation, right? Normally by this point, we are talking about slimmed down versions of the console, Mm -hmm. cheaper versions. This is on them. To do that I know there's been issues I know that they, we had the whole chip shortage for a while mm-hmm. but we've been told that's all corrected now okay so where's your revised consoles where's your where's your more form uh, you know slimmer form factor where's your cheaper chipsets? where's all that that you have done forever and you tell us is the natural progression with this in this industry yeah. yeah where is that three years in right and like steel said we don't even have a lot of content out there that's pushing this hardware yet so To me, I think that's the most egregious. The Game Pass thing, sure, you can say it's just $2. But overall, I think it's bullshit. I think Microsoft should have held out even longer and never done this price increase now. But that's just my personal take. Again, not here to convince anybody. If everybody says it's no big deal, hey, it's Uh no big deal to you, that's fine. So...
3: Yeah, you know yeah, right. i think you brought up the family plan and i kind of feel like they should have announced
2: this at the same time yeah as the yeah yeah you know it's like come on man you can offset some things here you know yep yep exactly <laughs> but maybe they're not solidified in stone with where they want that to be either right um right. i mean if it comes in at 24.99 um even at 29.99 again if it's 24.99 a month for five people to jump in i mean like Guys, I mean, what can I complain about at that point for the amount of games that you'd be wanting to play unless you are one of those people that literally, I guess, plays everything because you have that type of time? And I just, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, uh, you got any other like deeper thoughts on like the, the entire situation? Because I know there's a little bit of pushback here. Because I know you, I know, I yeah, you, guys no, <laughs> like, you know it is what it is. It is I think I think Pong brought up
3: a he brought up a good point about them not even pushing the consoles so far. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Um, it's like Microsoft has the money, and I think the thing that this is kind of a little bit separate, but you'll understand why I'm tying it in. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has given Bethesda a little bit more room to do what they want to do, True. but some of their games have worked. Of course, id Software is worth their weight in gold. Some of their games haven't, like Redfall. And yes, you could say, well, we're raising the price because of these acquisitions. Mm -hmm. But you look at ABK, you know, the mobile games that Activision Blizzard King own, that's Mm -hmm. a cash cow. They're Mm going to make so much money on that. So it doesn't really justify raising the price. I could see raising it a little bit around the Bethesda acquisitions if those titles were going exclusive. They weren't. So you're still getting multi-platform money. But to say they're raising it because of ABK, it's like, come on, man. We, we know that's not the case because like i said the mobile side of the house is going to make so much damn money because right now the mobile market probably makes more money than consoles as far as video games oh, yeah. go throughout the entire
0: world so yeah. getting abk
3: is i mean that's like their own little magic lamp is what that
0: is yeah no i agree it's tricky in it because like i mean obviously with inflation and shit going up around the world these, these things are bound to be expected you know companies still have to make money at the end of the day but for me like I hear what Pong's saying but for me I just don't see it as being you know, a massive deal it's just um just two bucks extra for me so I mean, yeah I'm not I'm not saying
1: everybody's gonna go protest or anything it's not gonna happen yeah. right there's that it, it's yeah, not yeah. like that this isn't like life altering mm-hmm. changes it, you know, mm. for most people. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, I just don't think we should shoulder that burden when you've got a company that is $2 trillion market cap that has <laughs> over $100 billion in the bank and is currently yeah. in the process of making a $70 billion purchase, right? The, yeah. I, I understand why they do it. I understand the need to make sure your shareholders are happy year after year that's why activision was in trouble because they they had to put out call of duty every single year to make sure that their shareholders were happy and that cost them a lot because they had to pull all that talent from all those studios that could have been making other games and pour it into Call of Duty to make sure that's why you know again everybody's favorite snake in the entire world Bobby Kotick came out and said we are in trouble this is unsustainable <laughs> right <laughs> this is this is unsustainable and and he wasn't lying people like to say oh they're lying no they weren't yeah. their show, yeah. shareholders and board were not happy unless they had that Call of Duty profit year after year after year and it kills the corporation so um at the end of the day i understand the business behind it i understand the reasoning behind it. i'm just saying as a straight up consumer i don't like it that's all so
3: as as much as as much as many of us like the activision ips that aren't being developed most of those are single player call of duty is single player and multiplayer and it's making that crazy money every
0: single year absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i agree But I'd like to say, I hope, honestly, I really hope that if this deal does go through, they start pulling some of those supporting studios off Call of Duty and putting them on something else
1: make may call of duty bi- yearly or every three years yeah. uh, do something like that you know make it a make it a platform just make it a games as a service where you release you know yearly expansions but I, not something you have to build from the ground up all over again each year I, i'd I really have to see it
0: a cod it. every two years but yeah. I, would, I would have it so that only infinity ward and correct. Treyarch were making it correct just every yeah. two years and then get, get sledgehammer out of there, there. yeah yeah <laughs> get sledgehammer out of there put them on halo you know, Bring like, back okay. true crime, God <laughs> thank man. you. Yeah, that was back. the first
1: game I said when this ABK deal went down. Yep. Make yourself an in house Grand Theft Auto competitor, just do it. It would you could make it different enough, but man, to have that yep. franchise come back would be
3: unbelievable. It'd be so, especially cool. with a huge budget, AAA, you know, it would really give Grand Theft Auto a run for their money,
1: sure. And even if it didn't, again, you're not pigeonholed into relying on Grand Theft Auto to come out every 10 years. You could make true crime that in-between game that everybody goes to because you could put out a true crime every four years, every five years, right? And all of a sudden, you could have two games to their one game, and everybody would be extremely happy because they would have something to play that was like Grand Theft Auto in-between. Now, again, GTA Online is the dominating factor, right? That's the hard part. But Microsoft already has experience there, too. They could certainly do something, even if it never got even close to Grand Theft Auto, which it wouldn't. But even if it just was sustainable and it was a great first party game that was on PC and Xbox, it could be another, you know, feather in your cap that, hey, we've got a GTA like game over here that you're not going to experience elsewhere. It's it's I think it makes (laughs) more sense because crackdown didn't pan
3: out. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> no, even though I love Crackdown, I do love yep, Crackdown. Same
1: here. I
0: was always yeah. under the impression that that contraband exclusive that's coming was going to be like a GTA
1: kind. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, oh. It's going to be a co-op. You're going to plan heist, and it's going to be more car battles than on foot battles. You like will smuggler,
3: say, Smuggler's Run, maybe. Yes,
1: kind of like oh, a Smuggler's okay. Run. Correct. If you remember Smuggler's Run, great game by the way. A good callback right there. Smuggler's yeah. Run was fantastic, but yeah, it's definitely going to be not GTA like.
0: So oh okay I, I see i really want a prototype 3 that's what i really want
2: that too want next,
0: that too on a next gen prototype 3 where they really push push yep. the envelope you know what i mean because i always thought like for its time on v60 i thought the prototype games were fucking brilliant like they were just gritty violent gory mm-hmm. but they, they look great at the time but could you did. imagine like uh, a next gen prototype 3 right? Yeah. Re- reinvent oh, it, God.
1: reinvent it. You got your anti-hero uh, to all of your hero games out there. It would be perfect. Like they could turn yeah. that into something big. I, I would love to see Prototype Absolutely. as well. That was number two on my list. Yep. Yeah.
3: I'd happily welcome Prototype. It, it kind of feels like Prototype didn't necessarily live up to Activision's expectations, and that's why it shelved it. You know, because like the first number kind of two classic number two. Yeah. It, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, well, because like the first Prototype released almost like within a few months of Infamous, and those games are extremely similar to you know, to gamers. So it it kind of felt like Activision didn't necessarily do their market research beforehand. Hopefully yeah. if Microsoft buys them, they start really thinking about when to release these games. Because like we saw with Titanfall two, releasing a, a stellar game in the wrong time can absolutely kill its success.
0: Yeah. I just I don't want Microsoft's plan for Activision is just to keep them doing what they're doing and just having yeah. fucking call D coming out all the time. I want yeah, not they, the Bethesda there's thing. So many great IPs there. Do you know what I mean? That they can yeah. work on. Yep. Could you like a fucking um, no. an exclusive? Well, I suppose you won't get exclusives, but like. A new Crash Bandicoot and shit. Yeah, toy, Toys for Fire Bob's got
1: to be working on something else besides Call of Duty. Toys for Bob's <laughs> does not deserve to be working on Call for Call of Duty <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, even if, even if they did have to keep the Call of Duty train rolling, um, the fact that Microsoft could then pull the IP and find other studios to work on it, which they haven't been good at, I'll admit, mm-hmm. they've got their own IP that is sitting dormant right now that shouldn't be. But if if Phil was being serious and he saw a lot of comeback for some of that IP, then the just the fact that it would be out of activision's jail and that yeah. you know phil could say okay well that's fine you guys continue to work on call of duty but i'm taking this ip and we're gonna go find somebody to do something with it that's well, exciting to me too so
0: I'd, I'd, I'd even be happy if they were to like pull sledgehammer games off Call of Duty and have them yeah. develop their Absolutely. own first person yeah, yeah. 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 and then they could have it from the from the developers of call of duty here comes boosh and then push that out as like you know, you know, obviously, these ten-year deals aren't gonna last forever. There's gonna come right. a point where Correct. Call of Duty is gonna be, yeah.
3: Uh, another game that Timber uh, actually brought up in the chat, Singularity. You guys remember Singularity? How great the game uh, was whenever of it released. Very one
1: Call Classic. Yeah. One, one, oh, yeah. one of the under, one of the underrated 360 games of all time. Right. That that yeah. Singularity was such a great playthrough for me. I absolutely love that game. Love to see it come back too. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So we've got a bit more Xbox news um, coming out of this week. Apparently, there's going to be an ID at Xbox, uh, an IGN showcase Ooh, mm-hmm. on the 11th of July, which is going to be good. they got more yes. games and shit to show off. Um, unannounced games as well, which should be pretty good. So uh, I don't really know what's coming with that, but that's kind of cool. that We're still getting another showcase after the... Yeah. So it's an IGN showcase. It, that's the ID or
3: independent game on Xbox, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: they're they're partnering up and doing a showcase on the 11th of july which i think is really cool because we did say didn't we during the time there was no idea xbox uh, showcase yeah. is that yep. the by well, the xbox showcase so it's kind of cool that they're having another one we're going to show off even well, more unannounced announced games the, the Little bar kitty was... big city i cannot wait till that game comes out oh, can't wait. <laughs> nice, nice.
2: <laughs> i was going to
1: say the bar the bar was set so low with their partnership with twitch that i think it can only go up with ign so <laughs> you know I, i'm I, I am i am yeah. optimistic with this one, right? Because I love idea at Xbox. I'm an indie game player, especially when they, you know, drop into Game Pass and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I still like the big titles overall, but I love finding indie titles that I love to play. Again, Vampire Survivors, Mm. those types of games come out of this program. And so that's why I always watch these shows. But my God, the Twitch, Twitch was abysmal, right? What they did to it, how they went for what, four and a half, five hours. And they had these extended bathroom breaks. And they had all these people that nobody knows who they are, but supposedly they're Twitch famous talking Mm. about these games and they knew nothing. Uh, And then they had 30 minute sit downs with the developers. And don't get me wrong. I love listening to developers talk, but a showcase is not the place for a 30-minute sit down with a developer, right? Yeah. That's for a separate video, that's for Xbox Wire, that's for, you know, all that stuff. You yeah. need quick... I love to hear the developers talk about their games that they're showing off, but for the time that it takes to show off that game in a trailer form, that's what I want to see. Much like we saw in the developer direct with Xbox, right? Give me little snippets of the developers telling me what they're trying to do with this game, and then move on to the next game that's exactly what i want to see and if i want to go Mm. deep dive it later have a full-fledged interview video ready for me right and i'll go deep dive that video on my own um but twitch just did it again they were abysmal so for me that ign has now taken this over i think that xbox heard the feedback and again i am hopeful that ign can do a better job with it and we are going to come find out but i can't wait to see some more indie games this gets me excited indie games are really yeah. cool they push yeah. the industry forward yeah. and i want to see what's next
0: so i've never i've never personally been a big fan of indie games it, I, I prefer you know the bigger triple a's and stuff but one thing i love about game pass is that it does encourage me to play more indie games Correct. so yeah, i'm looking forward to seeing what gets shown off um at idea at xbox do they
3: do they still have um the long dark as part of the indie lineup for xbox
0: oh i don't know it, it don't got know. pulled didn't it, off game pass yeah,
3: yeah i mean i i bought it on both consoles i know it was on game pass for a while oh. that is definitely a great game if you want to check out an indie game that's phenomenal um it's a canadian studio that put it together i believe they're called hinterland games and i played it from when they had it in i guess alpha stage they had it part of early access but Mm. i paid full price for the game and if even if you don't like indie games it's a great survival game you're not really surviving anything but like wolves and just extreme cold weather in the canadian wilderness so it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't played it already
0: yeah Yeah, i think i'm quite looking forward to it well chat what do you think you looking forward to idea xbox i know Thimber likes his um his indie games and stuff but um Sorry, just a bit of breaking news that came out twenty six minutes ago. Apparently, Xbox Game Studios head Matt, Matt sorry Xbox Game Studios head Matt Booty says Microsoft hasn't made a decision on a PlayStation release for the Outer Worlds two. Yes, which is uh, interesting because obviously, like, the first one came out on PlayStation. So, be interested to see how that turns out.
2: I mean, hey, it's, it's always fun when you get to turn the table in the opposite direction. Like oh, PlayStation, you want to you want to play those games? We could
0: play that too. What do you
3: think I, I always I always thought it was kind of understood that the Outer worlds 2 was not going to PlayStation because they had no agreement in place. That yeah. was you know that was kind of the understanding I think.
2: But it's kind of like a it's kind of like how um was the game that uh, Square Enix pulled um,
3: Final Fantasy VII remake.
2: Not 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 remake cuz they did do that, but it's another game that actually ended up coming out um, is in the line of the older style Final Fantasy. Oh, Octopath, um, yes, Octopath about. Traveler. Yes, Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler 1 was on Game Pass, on Xbox, yep. but it's not available. The Number second two. one isn't available? Correct. Correct. I can do yeah. the exact same. We can do the exact same thing with the Outer Worlds. Like, is, <laughs> is that the type of deals where if you're willing to cut those type of like simple, yeah. insane, unsensical type deals, like for what? The first game was... You would literally... You complain about your user base. Complain about not making enough money, Square. um, And then you cut deals with PlayStation. People say, oh, well, they're always going to do what makes sense for them business-wise. So instead of continuously trying to build your audience, you again slap them in the face by not only doing it with Remake, but then doing it again with Octopath Traveler and saying that, hey, whoever played that first game, you're going to get the PlayStation to play it over here. So, I mean... You know I what? don't know. I like it, Xbox being aggressive, so I,
0: it, I would hope
3: so. <laughs> it kind of feels it kind of feels like the people managing Square Enix right now were managing Sega of Japan whenever they fell out of yeah. the console market yes. because yes. you remember yes. there was um dissension among uh Sega of North America and Sega mm-hmm. of Japan. Sega of North America knew what the deal was, and they they had that that it was like a study, I guess, where they ask different gamers what they thought about mm-hmm. Sega. And of course, Sega of Japan is like, nope, we're not listening to any of this criticism. Right. It kind of feels like Square Enix is like that. They let Tomb Raider go. They let Deus Ex go. Eidos Montreal is gone, of course. Uh, Crystal Dynamics is gone. They're right. complaining because they're not making sales. They're keeping their games on one platform rather than two. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're not making good sales. And it's like, the writing's on the wall. It's like, all the, all the stuff they're going through is self-inflicted. They need to Wake up you know that's yeah. what they need to do it's ridiculous
1: agreed and i think that booty's being you know purposely ambiguous with this right. statement here right obviously
3: um
1: it is a court of law um i you know i think he's being when he says a decision hasn't been made because as we found out Zenimax does run themselves obviously so yeah, they could cool. still make the decision uh, you know again sure asking you know phil and everybody at xbox if it's okay but I, I maybe that decision hasn't been made. Now the more interesting part of this is if he is being truthful on the stand, and we're going to assume that Booty is here, then that does open up the idea for Elder Scrolls Six and Fallout as well, which was an early discussion that everybody was having. Is this going to be, is exclusivity when it comes to Bethesda games, Zenimax games, going to be limited to new IP? Are they honestly, now we know they're still supporting Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls Online, all of that's been clarified. But going forward with new full games, right, not MMOs, not games as a service, are they going to open up the potential that, hey, Elder Scrolls has been on PlayStation ever since Oblivion, right? Elder Scrolls has been there. Sure, Morrowind was an Xbox exclusive. It was a different time, whatever the case may be. But Mm. Elder Scrolls was there. Are we going to give... That player base over there, you know, Elder Scrolls Six. Same with Fallout. No, and I, yeah, and I, I would tend to lean obviously your way, Steele. I would definitely it's... say that no, because that's why they spent you know, nearly $7 billion on Zenimax was for exclusivity deals and it wasn't just for yeah. new brand new IP. If, <laughs> it was going to be for the stuff that's known, which is Elder Scrolls, Fallout, those types of games. If but, in 10
2: years, yeah. you yeah. still decide that you don't want to invest in the Xbox ecosystem, yeah. I don't think it's because you're you're yeah. not, you you just don't want to invest in the ecosystem. That's the only reason. And I agree like, with you.
1: And, and Elder Scrolls 6 is about six years away, right? Five to six exa- years away. Exactly. So like at that point, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that ultimately Xbox does make the decision. But Outer Worlds 2, a couple years away, two, three years away, could they do it? Sure, they could do it. I still generally lean to the fact that they're going to keep Outer Worlds 2 even um, as an exclusive when this is all said and done. But I think for the courts today... You know, Booty was being truthful without be- coming out and saying, yes, it's going to be exclusive. I-, I I think they've left that off the- on the table specifically for this reason, knowing that they might wind up in a court of law, and their attorneys probably said, hey, don't put anything in writing. Don't say anything that indicates that Outer Worlds 2 would be exclusive. They're going to ask you about all these games, upcoming games. They're going to try to pinpoint how many exclusives you are making out of this deal to try to prove that you're going to do the same thing with Activision. So yeah. as many as we haven't decided— as many as you guys haven't decided don't make any decisions
3: now let, let, yeah. let's wait until this is done they did say before though that it would be determined on a case-by-case
1: correct. basis case so by even back basis. then they left yep. themselves an out correct correct, correct. absolutely they did
0: mm. sorry i was just trying to look for a fucking topics so we're running out of topics quite quick tonight
1: <laughs> 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 i'm like so scrolling
0: our like what can we talk about <laughs> Shit
1: oh we can make um, up topics we, we we can roll all day long with topics yeah, you and i know yeah, how to do that right? don't worry about that we can talk
0: about everything <laughs> you guys go for it uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey we could talk about the master was a metal gear solid master collection it's releasing on october 24th you guys a fan of uh metal gear solid Man.
0: i never played the first one i never bothered playing the rest of them i like the first game yeah. Um, I
2: like Metal Gear Solid from a story standpoint. Um, I've never played the previous games outside of Phantom Pain. Uh, so what is that, Metal Gear Five? Um, yeah. So that that's my entry point to the Metal Two entirety of Metal Gear. Um, those older games, unless they're going to completely remake them, like the rumors are with what what is that three or Snake Eater or whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, if they're re- completely remaking that um, in the same vein like they did with Phantom Pain, um, that same kind of style, then I'll definitely be interested in that because I loved it. Um, but outside of that. I mean, you know, it's, it's rough. No,
3: it's 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 funny that you bring that up because a lot of people's entry was the Phantom Pain. People who played it from the older series understand that combat was a, it was I call it a hallway action game because mm-hmm. it's kind of like there's so many hallways and close like close quarters type of stuff that people who are fans of the Phantom Pain are going to play it and go, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's Snake Eater. You know, yeah, it's um, Metal Gear Solid, but it's just like. You know, it's it's like you heard the name and you're like, oh, it's going to be great. But then you play it and compared to how Metal Gear Solid, the Phantom Pain was nice, wide open. It's just they'd have to change so much in the game. I don't know if they're going to do that. I would like to see that, though, because the game, the earlier games were just so constricting, you know? Mm. yeah. yeah.
1: I'm I'm a big fan of Metal Gear um, from back in the day. Obviously, Um, I, you know, would I say that I'm a stand by any stretch of imagination? No, but I definitely enjoyed my time with the Metal Gear. I, I like Kojima's weirdness. Um so I've always enjoyed his games and so therefore there is something there for me um so I'm excited to see that we are getting the collection. I wish they would do full-on remakes I wish could Ko- I wish Konami was in the same position that Capcom currently is and they had the money and they had the success behind them. the unfortunate part is is that they basically jumped out of the video game industry for a bunch of years right they didn't yeah. do anything if they had fi- if they had better management if they had leveraged their IP, like capcom did and started making a comeback i'd love to see the originals get a remake get a full fledged remake brought up to date um because i think there are those stories from back then told nowadays would be like a brand spanking new game to so many people who weren't alive back then or who were just babies back then so i'd love to see that in the future for sure the fact that they're putting out a collection the fact that they are doing something with them is exciting to me um, it's nice to have all those games in one spot I've got you know I've got some on the 360 versions which are backwards compatible which is always great but they do need modern controls let's be real you know the tank controls the Resident Evil tank controls the the Metal Gear tank control they just don't work Really well nowadays. Like it's very hard to get used to that again. Um, so I, I, you know, I think it's a good move for Konami. I'm happy to see Konami doing something with them. Um, it's too bad that they burned the bridge with Kojima. Um, yeah. You know, that was you know, that was absolutely awful to treat uh, somebody who has done so much for you that way. Again, I know Kojima isn't necessarily the easiest person to work with, uh, according to all stories. But at the end of the day, he did kind of make your brand at that point. Like you became like you know, Kojima was the face. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people are going to be really, really excited. I obviously won't be day one. I'm going to be traveling space. Um, so I'm not, I'm not planning on picking up any games uh, around that time, uh, through the rest of the, probably through the rest of the end of the year. We'll see. But, but uh, I am glad for everybody that is a metal, metal gear fan that they're finally getting a version of this. And I, I'm kind of unclear. Do you guys know is the, they're releasing, I believe one. The first, the original NES games, those are only coming to Nintendo, right? That's part of the Switch package. I'm uh, not sure to no be show. honest yeah I just saw that on the switch showcase Nintendo showcase and I was curious about I'm pretty sure that's the way it's gonna be because Nintendo never lets their games really go anywhere else except for one or two you know with the deals with Microsoft but I yeah. would love to see those old NES games come over and be able to play them on Xbox it <laughs> would be pretty damn cool but uh, I don't think that's gonna happen but uh, yeah no shout out to all the Metal Gear fans who've been waiting for this <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a fun run uh, and and they labeled this as volume one which means they have future plans if this is successful which is always
3: probably going to bring about
0: Walker.
1: yep probably i remember
0: remember playing the first one they brought to playstation the original you know the ps1 yes yeah and i remember it being brilliant couldn't tell you what happened in it and never played any of the others but i remember the, the, the first one on ps1 i thought it was great but I couldn't tell you what the fuck it was about. Honestly, it was—I was, was more um, amazed with the fact that you get like a little exclamation point about people's heads. Oh, shit. of
1: course, of course. All that was, All that was new to us. All <laughs> of that new, it was new. It, it was—it was absolutely amazing uh, when yeah. it first dropped. I still remember uh going and getting it at the store midnight launch and i remember bringing it home and and i was living in a bachelor pad so me and a bunch of the other guys we sat around all freaking night long and played metal gear solid like it was absolutely incredible uh such a good time man Uh, metal gear solid was a classic and uh yeah it was it was definitely at its time pretty groundbreaking for a lot of people the opening cinematic was like oh my god we're like watching a movie, guys, on our PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and now you look at it and you go, oh, well, okay. But but back then, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was something that we didn't get a whole lot of. So it was interesting. I it was find it funny
0: because, fun. like, you think about the games on the PS, the PS1, especially, and you really like think about how good those graphics were. Yes. And now you realize, shit, I could play that shit on my phone. Right. Now. You know what I mean? It's like it's, technology's come so far in the last 20 years, it's, it's incredible.
1: It has. It has. Did you did you guys watch the uh, Todd interview, by chance, this morning? With uh, I, did not. No, did I didn't know. You did not? Okay. I I, did. You haven't yet either, Steele? Okay. No, uh, of course I did. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, Interesting uh, interview this morning. Great interview by Kind of Funny Games this morning. Of course, Snowbike Mike and Gary Witta in Paris uh, over there. They did a fantastic job. They still talk too much when you got somebody on a time limit, but that's okay. That's them. Um, It it is what it is. But Todd did clarify some things for Starfield. He did answer some questions uh, that were on people's minds. And so if you guys want me to, I've got a a list of different things he talked about today. Yeah, I don't know how, uh, how, how hyped you guys are for Starfield but in my book it's the only game coming out the, for the rest of the year. So, uh, I will talk about this all day long. Uh, but uh, he talked about uh, let's get to some of the cool things here. Um, well, let's get to both no, some Paul, cool some bad. All that. Some no bad land vehicles. Paul. There's no <laughs> land vehicles. He did confirm everybody there are no land vehicles that they made the game entirely based upon your walking and your jetpack. He said your jetpack oh. is definitely is a great way to move but you will not be able to ride any beasts and there are no type of futuristic motorcycles or vehicles at all. Um, So that is one. Uh, Also, uh, he did confirm that roughly 10% of those thousand planets will have life on it because they they took the far end of the spectrum because you know scientists can only guess at how much life is out there and they estimate it's anywhere between 2 and 10% I think are the numbers. They went to the far end 10% but he basically said hey 10% of the planets are going to have some type of life on it. So again for all the people freaking out about a thousand worlds guess what they got a scanner for you first of all so you can scan a planet first and decide if you want to land or not. But now you realistically only got 100 plans to find if you're only looking for life, right? So it's gonna be a needle in a haystack, but guess what? That's part of the game. So they want to keep it more realistic, more grounded. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, let's see what else he confirmed. Uh, no radios. There, there will be no radio. He said one location does have a radio channel, but anybody that was looking for the fallout radio stations, uh, while you're traveling around in your spaceship, no radio. So, uh, yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted that one too. I thought they should yeah. have some one, kind of one space radio. the best
0: features, I think, yeah. the yeah. boy radio. The, the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you never really feel alone when you got the Pip-Boy radio? <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, only um there will only be four romance opportunities and those will be the constellation people um there will be no other npcs that you run into that you can romance so for all you lovers out there and there's plenty of you in the bethesda world you're gonna have to wait for mods you're gonna have to wait for mods
0: confirm this like this yes i know i know know.
1: (laughs) this is what people want to know correct (laughs) you have a fantasy
0: relationship (laughs) with an npc Uh, that's what my gaming experience is about
1: Right, right, exactly. And there are people upset. I've already seen tweets upset about this. Um, Let's see. Uh, They did answer, he did answer Jez Corden of Windows Central's question, which of course Jez asked if there was fishing. Uh, Todd, (laughs) and and Todd said, well, what do you count as fishing? Like blowing up and collecting the fishes? And Gary would have said, Todd, do I have a rod that I can put into a body of water and catch fish? And Todd said, no, no, there is not that. So, but it does sound like you can shoot and collect fish as well. Um, Let me see here. What else? Oh, uh, he confirmed today, which is exciting for me. I don't know about anybody else, but as somebody who does plan on building bases um, and habitats on these worlds, he said there will be a system where you you can have ships transport cargo between your different bases and settlements, and it will actually generate economy for you. So oh, cool. that, that that's gonna be a big thing. And he kept reiterating that listen, shipbuilding and base building is expensive and you're gonna need a lot of resources. So if you're yeah, planning right. on deep diving into that, it's not gonna be something you can just casually get into. It's gonna be something that you have to spend some time
0: into. I um, hope that, that doesn't translate into you can speed yeah. that process up with microtransactions.
1: No, I doubt so. I doubt they're going to do that. They they really haven't done that in the past. I mean, the modding community is going to come up with different things too. But I I doubt he's going to do that. Um, the other oh, thing uh, is, we'll see. We'll see. Again, I know we're in twenty twenty three, so anything's possible. But let's hope okay. not. Let's hope not. Um, he also did confirm that with shipbuilding, if you pirate a ship, it is yours to keep. Obviously, they talked about that. But he oh. said to mod, you're allowed to fly that ship anywhere. It becomes part of your fleet. If you want to mod that ship, however, you have to register the ship. Oh, and okay. I think and I think that's obviously so that they can keep count because they're going to have a max number of ships you're allowed to have. So I think yeah. that's probably why he did that. Um, but you will have to register it and then mod. Um, he confirmed yet again that, yes, you will be able to do smuggling. They're going to have shielded cargo, some way to shield the cargo, and you're going to have a chance of being found or not found when they scan your ship. Um, he confirmed that as well. He confirmed there are... He was kind of sly about this, but he he did say somebody asked if they if they could have a ship full of robots uh, as crew and he said technically yes. So he indicated that there's going to be more than just Vasco that you can come across, right? So yeah. Vasco's not the only robot. Um try to think if there was anything else really. One really big bad creature in this game he said.
3: Right. So
1: one cuz they were asking him if the, if the, you know you know bethesda games are known for their creatures and dragons obviously in skyrim and stuff and then they said are you going to have memorable creatures in this and he said well he said we got one really bad one and a few other ones and they kind of cut them off and they skipped over it as bad interviewers do instead of actually uh following up with that but he said one really bad so i'm assuming we're going to meet some really big
0: monster in this game at some point deathclaw in space yes something it'd be really cool if it wasn't that (laughs) you know yeah they could could be tied to the same universe you know there you go a lot of people have wanted that right
1: a lot of people wanted that (laughs) it would be cool and knowing these guys we are going to see something that is memorable and that is like oh my god I can't believe I gotta fight this thing um yeah. for sure i that that's kind of a staple sometimes to or a staple all the time for bethesda games so i'm assuming that's what he's hinting at there
0: somebody did ask be him really cool if it would be two universes together where like people would evacuate earth to avoid <laughs> the. There, there were like and laser the guns there were
3: ray guns remember there were ray guns yeah. in
0: fallout 4 that they said were from aliens and the, yeah the death claws are like a fucking alien that landed on the planet and they're terrorizing <laughs> the fallout people that'd be great dude that'd that be would so be cool, cool. It would yeah, be yeah. really
1: cool. Uh, somebody also asked if there was any black holes, and he declined to answer. So obviously when somebody declines to answer, I, I always go with yes. Probably. But is, uh, yeah. something yeah. like a black hole. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah. I, I think that's most of the interesting stuff off there. Uh, there was a I'll bunch of that, stuff I've, he covered.
0: I've lost interest in the game now that I know you can't fish and you can't shag whoever you want. Like, <laughs> exactly. Really? That's it? Yeah, that's it for me. That's I'm, it? I'm it. <laughs>
1: you so much like Steel. Steel doesn't want this game anymore either because he can't right. romance anybody. Right, Steel?
2: No, um, he didn't say He didn't say I couldn't become the flyest space pirate you've ever seen. So. I'm still on board 100%. That's the first thing I'm doing. He did reiterate, though, you yeah. won't be able to customize your ship completely up front. It's going to be very yeah. cost intensive. That's yes. more of like an end game yes. type of thing that you'll yeah. want to end up working towards. So that was an interesting thing. Um, of course, people like Pong and myself, and there's others who enjoy their time that they spend within those worlds. So as I'm finding my perfect spacesuit, suit, um, I'll probably have more than enough money to, <laughs> yes. by the time I get even started yes. with the game for real. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll have plenty of money to get together whatever I need to build my perfect Millennium Falcon, um, yeah. or of somewhat, uh, or the, of that nature. But, Tell yeah. My, um,
0: my, my my hardest issue with Starfield is because I've played No Man's Sky and I fell in love with No Man's Sky. And now everything mm. I hear about Starfield, I just think, well, I could do that in No Man's Sky. Well, that's why mm. I did No Man's Sky. That, that's how I have my mind's working at the moment. So I'm finding yeah. it very difficult to not see it as anything other than a No Man's Skyrim. Um, you know, a No Man's Skyrim. But so that same yeah. argument. Redders, that same
3: argument is why BMG refuses to play Forza games. He doesn't like racing games because he thinks they're all the same. And we we go round and round with him every week because of that shit.
0: (laughs) That's why he only plays fucking Marvel Snap now. Oh, no, Destiny 2. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that can rival it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, St- Steel recently played No Man's Sky too. He For the first time, he jumped into it for quite a bit, actually. He jumped into yeah. it. Yeah, I got a lot. easily over. I got 100 hours in it. Yeah, yeah. Really and, and Steel, you've nothing talked about, more. and you've talked about even just watching the video to you you know, sure, there's gonna be similarities because of course, how many different ways can you explore space if yeah. you're gonna keep it semi-realistic, right? Of mm-hmm. course, everybody steals from everybody nowadays, right? But if you go back to tabletop games, they had laser cutters for space exploration to take out mining, mm-hmm. right? That That's like normal, like, so I understand that concept of why people say it. I still think it's a slight on this game because Bethesda's mechanics and their randomness is not duplicated in No Man's Sky. As somebody who played No Man's Sky day one when it launched um, and has yeah. played some of the recent updates, I can't say that I played the most recent one, but I have played the updates as they've gone along, and I like No Man's Sky. You don't have the Bethesda mechanics in that game. There, There mm. is not. The, the, Nowhere sure, close. Nowhere's near what they're talking about. And and for me, when I look at this game, this is the space game that I've always wanted and dreamed of. And it's different um, because that Bethesda magic is something that only they can do. People have tried, people have come close, people have done it in different ways, but Bethesda still remains king when it comes to this type of sandbox for me. And again, I think that Starfield, as Todd said in this interview and other interviews, they've taken everything they've learned from all their previous games their generational game of the year games and have rolled it into this one because this was his dream game that he wanted to make for two decades plus um so i think that this is going to be even on another level from what he's been talking about um as far as that feeling like hey i'm gonna go over here and i have the goal in mind that i'm gonna complete this mission and about midway to that point you wind up on a 15-hour excursion on the opposite end of the universe Mm -hmm. wrapped up in some kind of gigantic plot that you had no idea even existed right Mm -hmm. uh, an hour before right so to me that still is bethesda only and that's why i'm that's why this game is unbelievable to me i can't wait
2: i think the other thing that also adds to the conversation too when you bring up no man's sky just as a reference point and i understand why the reference is there again you could compare a lot of space games to each other um and say that oh man they have similarities so I, i think i've played something similar to this already um no Man's Sky came out in 2016. Um, it took seven years for the game to be even what I experienced recently um, this year. Right. Um, from what I, and from what I've heard from a lot of people who are veterans in the No Man's Sky community. Um, they've said the same thing that, hey, you know, this game's Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you're jumping in now, man. The game's better than it's ever been and all these updates. And but it's taken seven, almost seven years for it to be where it's at right now. The other difference yeah. too is that the approach on the just the overall game style is just completely different. Yes, you have you will have done similar things, resource gathering, building bases, and you can say, "Oh man, yeah, that's how I've done those things before." But have you done what have you done those things and actually cared about the universe that you're in? And I think that's the difference, and I think that's what gets me kind of excited about it because I'm not the I'm not the Bethesda fan, and I I say this as a, in addition because the closest thing that I had to Bethesda is Elder Scrolls Online. And I think that game helped me understand the vastness. And that's not even the main team. I mean, it is the main online team, of course, but it's not their main. Bethesda team works on a single-player game and makes everything so refined and tedious and lets you touch everything. And, um, like, there's a reason, like, uh, many people overlook it. There's a reason why the lady brought up the whole sandwich thing about being able to, you know, just put a bunch of sandwiches in storage. No, there's not many other games that do little stupid, simple stuff like that and allow you to tailor your experience and and your experience also affect the entire universe. No Man's Sky does not do that. No Man's Sky is literally a, I consider it more along the lines of like a Minecraft, right? Yeah, sure, you could play survival. There's even a little bit of some story there, right? And something that you can get in line with. But at the end of the day, it's gets. It's either get to the center of the universe or get lost in the literally infinite amount of procedurally generated planets. There's no handcrafted nature to them. It's all picked from a template. It doesn't feel, that's part of the reason I kind of slowed down my game time on that game because as much as I love this space exploration, the uh, flying feels great. Um, Going to the different planets feels great. Going to hyperspace is amazing. Space battles, fun. There's not enough gunplay for me. That's a personal thing. There's not enough cosmetics for me. That's a personal thing. But outside of that, I have nothing else making me care about this universe that I'm in or these different solar systems that I go to nothing outside of, Oh, this is a cute planet. I built a cute house there. Um, I want to build up my resources, but outside of that, um, where is the entire where's the cities where's what makes this feel alive to me and i think that's what separates it from um games of that ilk right and i don't think people are wrong for comparing the two right because they are doing very similar things and resource and and some some procedurally generated things um but todd howard also reiterated again that there is a lot of that handcrafted nature. This isn't oh, just procedurally generated. We just gave a bunch of stuff to a computer and it's just going to poop out some stuff. No, they like handcrafted what those procedurally generated things are going to be and how they can be tailored to the different planets and and that's in because of the random nature and because none of us even on this uh on the on this podcast are going to have a similar experience as far as going to different planets are going to be because that's how they created it. It's at least would be something that will add on to our experience and make everybody's own um, story unique versus what those other games don't end up doing. Yeah.
3: The interesting thing about Starfield is, you know, as great as Forza Horizon Five was, as great as Halo Infinite has become, none of those games have the PlayStation community as up in arms as Starfield does. It has them going completely nuts right now. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that is a good point. I mean, you see a lot of people downplaying. You know, they were always downplaying Bethesda and saying, "Oh, but that's the nobody cares about these games." And I'm like, yeah. as the as the casual, Bethesda the guy sitting on the outside, like, guys, I like, I played Elder Scrolls and the, some of some Skyrim, and like, I understand what's capable of their what, what's capable in their games. Like why are y'all just making it seem like this is a brand new developer? They've never developed games before. They're doing the most ambitious thing that they've uh, like ever experienced. They've never made uh these type of open world games and it's just gonna be bad. Oh, it's space. It's like I don't I don't think that's the case here, you know. Yeah. I know that, um,
0: I know they've come out and said that this is gonna be the buggiest, uh, sorry, the less buggy version like the yes, Thursday right. game that's ever been released. I guarantee you it's gonna be the most. It'll be the most buggy Bethesda game that's ever been put out because there is so many fucking new things to be like put into it. I just, I've, I find a hard time, I have a hard time believing mm-hmm. that but well, that's the, the game's going to come out with like very few bugs it's we're,
1: we're, g- we're gonna find out redders right we're gonna find out <laughs> if all this QA testing has done its job because they basically you know <laughs> Phil and Matt said that you know every single QA tester is on starfield at this point you know almost yeah. literally right so if that's the case if, if all this extra time has been spent polishing which again we knew they were in the polishing phase last year Todd confirmed mm. that and this whole time has been about fixing the bugs and making the <clears throat> game shine which obviously we saw saw the difference from last year's footage to now the directs footage right there was a huge difference gunplay was completely different than what we saw in the first one so if all that falls in line with the bugs i tend to believe this could be the least buggy bethesda game and again bethesda bugs people like to call it bethesda and yes there are people out there we saw this with with cyberpunk as well There are people out there who are legitimately bothered by any bugs, and that's fine. If that is something that irritates you, I'm not going to try to tell you that you're lying or anything. That's just you as a gamer. Bugs, Mm. Bugs bother you. But there is a whole couple generations who grew up during the Xbox era, OG Xbox and Xbox 360 era, playing these Bethesda games when they were the worst performing games (laughs) almost on the planet. And absolutely. yet, and yet, they still turn out to be game of the years. And yet, yeah, there's yeah. still some of our favorite games. Me personally, Elder Scrolls series is number one on my list of all time game series. Period, absolutely. bar yeah. none.
0: Fallout so, Three so, My God, they're absolutely right. Podcast. Right. Uh, and, and, right,
1: we're playing at like 10, 12, 15 <laughs> frames at times, right? Like we yeah, yeah. The, so there's a whole there's a whole couple generations who grew up still you know loving these games no matter what. Now there's new generations that don't put up with it as much and that have grown up in the era of social media where everything is blown out of proportion and oh my god, I saw a screen tear. What are you guys doing? This should be fixed immediately. <laughs> oh my like god, I, right, right, exactly. <laughs> so there is that generation but for most Bethesda fans and again I'm not excusing it I've spoken out about the buggy messes that games have been releasing in. I have spoken out about the day one patches that now you know with the with the dawn of the digital age this is now a crutch for a lot of developers to be able to fix their games and publishers just say nope get it out the door we saw that again with cyberpunk get it out the door we don't care fix it later that is a problem so I'm not going to excuse bugs, but when it comes to Bethesda, many of those bugs are have become charming have become actual memes have become to the point where like people smile when they happen again that's part of the experience with bethesda now do i hope this is the least buggy bethesda game ever yes absolutely of course i do i want everybody to have the best experience with starfield launches but i think at the end of the day you're not wrong to say like i like i've been telling people i don't care how long they delay this game for because people are out here oh just make sure it's bug free if you ever think a Bethesda game is going to come out bug, three, bug free, you are crazy. Absolutely. You have never played <laughs> one before, and you don't understand. And now you're putting it in space with a thousand planets. Yeah, okay, we're we're yeah. going to have some bugs, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I think they can overcome it as long as there's no game breaking bugs or save deleting bugs. Those are the yeah. two things that I still like. I'm no. The minute we lose, yeah. I lose progress in a game. I'm like, nope, done. I'm I'm out. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, a I'm not you playing plan. your game.
0: I don't mind yep. seeing aliens walk through the fucking right. floor. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Right. As long as you don't, I'm not even
0: safe. Like, <laughs> right. well, I,
3: I kind of feel like that's why they locked it at 30 frames per second because they said wow. at 30 frames per second we can make sure that it runs smoothly and we can make sure that it has minimum bugs at launch. That way, the whole package is as acceptable as we can possibly get it.
1: Yeah. Consistency is what they yeah. ask,
0: right? Consistency. Yep. So I just wanna. Uh, um,
1: Go ahead. I just want to We're touch on right?
0: something that Thimber posted in the chat. No, no, about. I'm
1: taking over your show. We're not talking about that. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good.
0: Um, Go ahead. So Sarah Bond has now gone back to the stand, and she has said that Activision forced Microsoft into a new Call of Duty revenue Correct. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Bond is detailing how Microsoft had to agree to a new revenue share deal mm-hmm. with Activision to get Call of Duty on the Xbox Series X yep. and S. Activision refused to agree to prepare its Xbox dev kit work and hinted that it had a different revenue share with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Activision Bobby Kotick wanted Microsoft to agree to a new revenue revenue share deal before work <laughs> begun on Call of Duty for Xbox Series S and X. It was clear that Call of Duty would be on PS5, and that would not have been uh, good if it was not also on Xbox if uh, it was launching at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's, I find that's quite interesting. Mm. Sorry, I was going to attention to that because that's quite quite big news. No, yeah. I think
2: that's important to draw attention to because I mean, again, it's, I feel like we keep getting information that solidifies the things that we've been thinking right. about in the background, <laughs> <Yeah>. like quite <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. literally, PlayStation will do anything to make their competitor look like like trash. Like there are some that's what I'd never have gotten. When people have these conversations, make PlayStation seem like the greatest thing ever. And again, I don't have nothing genuinely against PlayStation themselves, but it's just and Sony themselves, but it's just, you have been doing underhanded dealing since the existence of your company being there. That's just, it's a fact you can do the you can Google search, whatever. That's something Mm -hmm. you got to do in your own time because you have wanted to be successful as a hardware business. Now that you're in a point where you actually have somebody to compete with, it's all this, you're crying for woof about what? <laughs> about things that you've done. And then when the, the things that you've done in the past get exposed, now it's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even know people did that for real. That's crazy.
1: Because <laughs> a part of that bond conversation as well on the stand was they also confirmed how deep those marketing rights go and that mm-hmm. Xbox was extremely limited into how they could showcase Call of Duty in reference to Xbox and that they would have to wait for Activision to give them the exact guidelines that they would have to follow because Sony wrote so much into the contracts. This again is something that has been talked about. People have denied it. This is why I say this is the most fascinating deal we probably will ever see in gaming because it really is pulling back the curtain. This is how the dealings work. And to your point, Redders, the other part of this was that Activision themselves didn't need Xbox. And this is what Xbox has been trying to tell all the regulators at the same time. We're in a position with the way that the Xbox was during the Xbox One generation, right? Where we right. had they had zero power, right? They had zero power in the gaming industry in a lot of ways, because literally these publishers, like a Call of Duty, like a Grand Theft Auto. I'm sure, I'm sure if uh, Strauss and Phil have a great relationship, right? So yeah. I'm sure that it was a little bit easier. But at the same time, we're seeing the inner how business actually works and how cutthroat this gets. Activision was literally saying, No, we we, we got the biggest dog in the house behind us. We don't we don't need your little chihuahua. Right. We don't we don't. Why do we need your little chihuahua? Right. Why are we going to give you the same revenue split that we gave our big dog to protect our house? Right. Why are we going to do that? Your chihuahua is not going to do anything for us. So, no, you're going to have to take less. Right. That's really what it came down to. And again, everybody's favorite snake, worst person list all the time. Bobby Kotick, top ten all time. Right. Obviously, him being who he is running the board of Activision, Big of money. course, they're going to do that, right? They're it's going crazy to apply that the pressure. she's
0: throwing him under the bus like that. Like, she's, but it's, but it's, yeah,
1: but it's all facts, right? And Bobby knows yeah. it. I mean, th- Kothik, they know it,
0: right? She's quoted as saying Kotick made it clear that if we did not move beyond standard revenue share, that he intended Correct. to not place Call of Duty Correct. Yeah, but he he doesn't give a shit because everybody
3: no. already
2: knows he's, yeah. you know, a garbage human being. So he doesn't. He's prepping for his exit. That's a, that's a big right. act. Right. That man no. is not about to keep that position. And if he no. does, we're going to have a different conversation. To no. be, definitely to yeah. be had at that he, point. He, he eats the but out. <laughs> but at, at that point, it's like, yeah, I mean, you might as well bring out the facts because he's not going to come out and refute it. Bro, what, what else are you going to say other than things that are going oh. to be in favor of this deal for you to get the biggest golden parachute that you could have ever imagined and mm-hmm. get away with all the heathenish things that you've done throughout your entire career? Right. Bro, at this point, like, yeah, you probably said those things in the yeah. past. And, hey, yeah, Sarah, you tell them. Yeah, Go ahead. And bring that. golden parachute. Go ahead. Parachute go ahead. I, I'm good. Yep. I'm already
1: burnt to a crisp. Yep. It don't matter at this point. You know, we just want this deal to go through. So all this money comes in. Right. Um, and all our shareholders are happy. And like Steele just said, Bobby gets his golden parachute and he's on his way and he doesn't ever have to show his face again anywhere. So again, I think it just goes back to the extreme power position that Sony has been playing within this market, which we've all talked about, but people are like, nah, no, Xbox makes the same kind of deals. No, they don't. They can't. They don't have that popularity contest won. They don't have the 100 million plus consoles behind them. They don't have that position to be able to walk into publishers and be like, you need us more than we need you. That's not how it works. Sony, on the other hand, can do that. And that's what they've been doing with Square Enix this whole time. And now Square finds them in a world of hurt, just hoping, hoping that their pimp is going to put a ring on that finger. But at the end of the day, the pimp is like, nah, you nah, you, you nah, we, we still getting it, we're still getting it free. We don't need to buy it, right? We don't need to do that. That's exactly what's happening here. That's the kind of power, that's the kind of bully tactics. And again, it's business, business is Cutthroat Their way at the end of the day, especially when it comes to big money, especially when it comes to an industry like this that is growing dynamically still, they are going to be cutthroat. But to see it laid out now and to, to justify all of our positions and our opinions is fantastic because we've been spot on about this stuff. Sony was the big bully in the neighborhood. They were going around to all these different publishers and wielding that power without out any kind of thought to xbox mm-hmm. they could care less as we started this conversation sony if they could have killed off xbox they would have done it they probably thought they had achieved it last generation until yeah. game pass until phil convinced sati until that whole narrative changed. and then i still believe leading into this generation they thought they had a chance to kill off xbox because they mm-hmm. never believed in game pass to be sustainable whereas xbox has now shown it is sustainable now they're investing 70 billion dollars in one acquisition and now sony realizes oh we're not so big anymore on the block right Mm -hmm. and so i think that this was a perfect way to show this and i think that you know to Steele's point bobby don't care come out and say whatever dirt you got to lay out on the table all is about is money for me, and you guys have offered us $70 billion, so go ahead. Roast me. That's fine. I did that, right? So I think this another perfect example on the stand to the judge to show how Sony's been doing this nonsense for a long, long time and could care less about competition at the end of the day. They would be the sole owner of all the industry if they had their way, right? If they had their way, they'd kill off Nintendo, too. Period. Yeah, yeah. For, for, yeah for real they did they did it to Steele's point they did it they did it in electronics back in the day if you didn't own a walkman you own nothing if you didn't walk into the classroom with a walkman and you had some jvc or something like that even if it was a nice piece of machinery people looked at you funny it's the same thing with apple right it hasn't, it's changed. The same, yeah. it hasn't changed at all apple wound up killing off everybody except that Yo, know, Google came along, right, with Android and was like, nah, we're going to license this uh, out to everybody. And Samsung showed up the door and said, yeah, we'll take that bet. Let's go. And slowly but surely built themselves up where now worldwide i think actually Android they're is, is they're, they're they're close i think android leads a little bit worldwide but but apple used to have that same That's kind of power they yeah. still do in a lot of ways if you oh yeah there's still oh. a whole group of people that if you don't own apple if you don't own Macs oh you don't like, have shit
2: it's not even a whole group of people yeah. there's a mass a yeah, uh, yeah there's a mass of people who will come out in vocal community uh, you want to get into some arguments with some folks, have some arguments about why your why your I- iPhone is better than the uh, any Android phone for whatever right. reason. Like, right. it doesn't right. matter what Android you have. If you have an Android period, period, you're uh, of less quality. You know, it's just right. weird. Yeah. You know, people are going to find their little their niche and their stick within that.
3: You know, and uh, we we talk all the time on Twitter and in our own uh, gaming communities about Xbox versus PlayStation.
0: Mm-hmm. But like, as
3: as a parent of teenagers, you know, I'm going out there. I'm meeting other parents who right. also have teenagers. Twenty three out of twenty five are like, "Hey, my my kids game on PlayStation." Yep. Yeah. Like absolutely. no bullshit. That's how it is. Yeah. Most like two of them. It. Two of them game on Xbox, but it's because the parents gamed on Xbox first. Right. All those parents that don't know anything about gaming, they go to the store and they automatically pick up a PS5 for their kids. Fortnite, because right. yeah, that that's, is the gaming know. brand that they Call recognize. Duty, yep. Yep.
2: That's what they're playing. I mean, that's hundred percent. I mean the time the common consumer, again, and I I love to make this point. I continue to say it. There's a one point, and I don't know if it's still true today, because I haven't done the research on it. Sony was recognized as the number seven global uh brand. Again, global brand, a number seven of most recognized. And that's understandable how that could be so because of the work that they have put in. And again, I don't think that Sony's wrong for having the power or the position that they have. Nobody was able to compete with them. But then it's like, now that we're getting some of the information that we're getting now, and it's like, you start understanding maybe why some people weren't able to compete. Because again, nothing against Asia culture and how they do business over there, I mean, like, guys, we've seen some movies, and I'm not going to draw everything in parallel to movies, and I've seen business dealings in real life. Like, there is a huge cultural difference in how they look at business in totality, and they don't mind being a cutthroat um, yeah. while looking nice at the same time. You know what I mean? And that's the position that they've been in this whole time. Quality begets, you know, the consumer base that you've gotten, but it also breeds you know, you become very passive. You get used to people just investing in your ecosystem and you don't work on things in the back end. People will continue. As long as Sony is popular, as PlayStation is popular, people will continue to defend that and it will continue Mm -hmm. to be this conversation and will always be one-sided versus the other because of that fact. It's just, uh, it's like like the whole Jordan shoe conversation. No matter, there's so many people you could talk to who would be like, if you ask them, yo, would you want a pair of Jordan or a pair of these Adidas? Most people be like, Oh yeah, let me get a pair of those Jordans. Resale fact. Even if they don't wear them, it's resale factor that comes in. There's so many other things that layer on top of it. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, I'll tell you what, we've actually run out of topics and, um, come <laughs> to that point now where we, uh, we normally wind down and stuff. So, uh, Pong and Steel Reigns, honestly, guys, it's been so cool to have you here. Um, If you want to just take the next few minutes to let people know where they can find you on Twitter and stuff and your own show, then um, yeah, you guys take it away.
2: Uh, you want to lead them, Pong? You want to lead them all? It's like Saturday, <laughs> brother. Go ahead, All man. right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, again, I, I want to thank y'all for tuning in, chat. Y'all have been chatting it up with us and being consistent, and that's always dope to see. I have conversation in there. Some people driving up some smoke and whatnot, but uh, I, I never mind it. I'm always welcome to it. But uh, gentlemen, Redders and Sun, uh, Sentinel men, you guys are dope people. Love to have being able to come on here with you guys. We um, had a, so much good conversation. Um, and again, I'm always grateful to anybody that asks um, me to be on a show uh, because, again, I, I wouldn't know you guys if it wasn't for this community and anybody reaching out. That's a brave thing to do. And just to be able to podcast is a brave thing to do. People make it seem like it's easy. It's its not. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to have a conversation. You guys made it easy today. Um, and uh, I, I love that. I definitely enjoyed it. But nonetheless, enough of that sappy stuff. Um you can find me Steel Brain Eye. Steel Rain Eye. That T is a seven everywhere. The easiest place is Google. Type it in. You'll find all my info there. I'm um, a freak in the streets of Twitter and the Xbox ecosystem currently because it's just it just works so well in tandem with each other. Game Bar pops up. I'm getting notifications here and there everywhere. It makes it super easy. Um, other than that, uh, every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. UK time. Um, we host a non-console-centric platform known as Living Split Screen. Again, we take that RTS approach. That just means we pull ourselves out of the world, um, look at the darker crevices in the map, we pull those resources together so we can build up that foundation, not only uh, for those 3 billion gamers that we're trying to reach to, but also for our own community and uh, for the sense of conversation. Um, nonetheless, thank you guys for having us. Uh, greatly no appreciate worries. you guys. Chat, much love to you guys, and uh, we'll catch up next time.
0: Yeah, no worries. Honestly, it's been a massive pleasure to have you guys on. Yeah. absolutely
2: it was it was a pleasure
1: to be here uh guys it was right. awesome to get to, to again chat with you love hearing other people's thoughts um and just getting around in the community and talking to new people all the time again we, we, we see each other we cross paths on twitter but it's not the same man sitting down yeah, yeah. and, and Sit having down, a conversation you know <laughs> sitting down yeah. and have a conversation about this industry that we all love and it's great and again the chat was amazing uh i see you in there i'm muppet and i see you in there pixel and everybody else that's in there great to see you all uh showing up. And, Hanging out in the chat and uh, giving us conversation as well in there. That's what it is all about at the end of the day. Just having a good time, sharing opinions, sharing speculation, and talking about uh, man this this incredible industry which. You know, again, right now is, as I always say, in the golden age, uh, and we've got more to play than ever before with games. But listen, PongSoul on Xbox, Soul on Twitter, you know the drill there. Tonight, it will be p.m. the p.m. on Fun Speculations Channel uh, with Mav. Of course, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, um, and we have a great time there. We have a great uh, chat going there as well. So join us there, and then, of course, tomorrow is Xbox Ultimate, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, every Friday night. Bigger panel. We go left. We go up. We go down. We go sideways we have a lot of laughs never know what's going to be said on that show but at the end of the day we still talk a lot of gaming news and have a great time so join us there over on fun speculations channel and then like my brother said steel and i go live for your Saturday morning on Living Split Screen, live, raw, and uncut. bringing that energy that you need to get your weekend started. And that happens every Saturday. Again, Living Split Screen, Split Screen, all one word. Three-plus hours. Buckle up. We usually go four-plus. We like to talk, folks, if you can't tell. So join us there. <laughs> uh, and then otherwise, I end my podcasting week on Saturday nights on the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, and myself. And this week... We're gonna have fun speculation, and we're gonna have this man right here, living, uh, living split screens own. I steal rain, so my brother from another is gonna be there. Um, it's gonna be a blast. We're gonna have a lot of fun uh and that happens at 9 p.m eastern eight o'clock central time the shop podcast listen all golden age gaming is here get out there enjoy it play what you love love what you play and i'm going to talk to you all real soon redders sergeant it's been an absolute pleasure again honor to be here thank you for the invites. the pleasure's all
0: ours man honestly it's it's great to have you guys on um yeah so thanks for coming and hanging out with us um but yeah, we'll be back same time next Thursday, eight PM British Standard Time. I believe there is a Destiny podcast on Sundays, uh, Sunday night, assuming that BMG isn't still slacking. And I believe the <laughs> PSM party podcast is back again on Tuesday at eight thirty PM. Is that right, Sentinel? Yes. Yes. Cool. So yeah, you've still got another week full of content. I'm sure Ash is gonna be putting reviews up and you know, yep. all that fun, fun stuff you can expect from the channel. So Yeah, without further ado, good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Much love to all of you, and I will catch you next week for the next one. Good night. Later, guys.